0: The Holy Gospel is written in the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, beginning at the 24th verse.
1: Glory Glory be to thee, Thee,
0: O Lord. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Please be seated. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Ah. Amen. When prominent public figures are interviewed, they are sometimes asked what they would like to be remembered for after they are dead and gone. It always surprises me how often they come up with totally unexpected answers. You discover that someone who is famous for his wise judgments as a high court judge would actually like to be remembered as a budgerigar breeder. Or someone who is frequently in the headlines for his sporting achievement might wish to be remembered for his poetry. I wonder what Thomas the Apostle's answer would have been to that question. St. Thomas or Didymus, meaning twin in Aramaic and Greek respectively, is probably the most well-known Didymus owing to his role in early Christian history. Perhaps he would have liked to have been remembered for his missionary work in India, It may be there were things he said and did that history has failed to carry down to us and which he thought he might be remembered for. Maybe Thomas had a good sense of humor or had a special gift with children. I should imagine that the one thing he would not wish to have been remembered for is the thing for which he is in fact remembered, his doubt. Doubting Thomas. What an adjective perpetually linked to your name. And in many ways, it's very unfair because he was not the only one who doubted the fact of the resurrection. For example, in Luke's gospel, we are told that when Mary and the other women came to tell the apostles what they had seen and heard at the empty tomb, the apostles thought that what the women said was nonsense. That sounds rather doubting to me. And Cleophas, and his friend with whom Jesus walked on the road to Emmaus obviously did not set much store by what the women and some of the apostles claimed, for they were extremely skeptical about the rumors of a resurrection. And yet we do not hear of doubting Cleopas. No, it is doubting Thomas. When the risen Christ first appeared to the disciples in the upper room, Thomas was not there and he was not prepared to accept the reports which the others gave him. Unless I see in his hands the prints of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. But in many ways, he was absolutely right in the stand he took. Belief in the risen Lord is not something you can base on someone else's word. It's something you must discover and experience for yourself. When children are welcomed into the family of the church through baptism, we pray that they may grow in the faith into which they are baptized. But baptism cannot give them faith, and neither can their parents or godparents. They can, of course, be provided with every opportunity to find faith by ensuring that their children are brought up in the knowledge of Christianity. After all, you cannot believe in something you know nothing about. In fact, you also cannot decide not to believe in something unless you know about it. But we do know that in the end, we have to, through the grace of God, to find our own faith. The road to faith and the road of faith have many pitfalls. People, all of us, have doubts. Sometimes about quite incidental things, but also sometimes about very fundamental matters. And I do believe that one of the great strengths of our Church of England is that it does not ignore the fact that people have doubts. No, the Church of England may have faults, but ignoring doubts is not one of them. We have a lot of Thomases in our various churches, and I believe it is a stronger and healthier church for that. For real faith is something that we have tested and proved for ourselves. Blind and unquestioning faith is a fragile and dangerous thing. Blind faith is as unhealthy as blind disbelief. Thomas wanted to discover the truth for himself. Indeed, he could not accept it as truth unless he could prove it for himself. But imagine his embarrassment when Jesus appeared again to the disciples when Thomas was there. Not only did his fellow disciples know that he had doubted, but Jesus himself knew. Put your finger here, Jesus said, and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless but believing. When it came to it, Thomas did not need to put his hand in Jesus' side or his finger in the mark of the nails. There came a point at which he needed no further proof and his requirements, his conditions of faith, became irrelevant. Then Thomas was able to say with real conviction, my Lord and my God. And there is nothing wrong in having doubts. If we didn't have doubts, we wouldn't be human and our faith would be untested and the weaker for that. We are expected to use the intellect that God has given us and that is inevitably going to make us question things. After all, we know of at least one occasion when Jesus himself had doubts. On the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We should not be ashamed of having doubts, but again, what we should not do is to pretend to ourselves that we haven't got them. Doubts are to be faced up to and worked through, not ignored and swept under the carpet. Whatever stage of our spiritual journey we are on, it is important that doubts and questions are tackled. We should pray about them. We should bring them to God, not attempt to hide them from him because we can't. We can seek help from the Bible and from the writings of those who have encountered and survived similar doubts. And Thomas laid down requirements for his faith. I will not believe unless. So often we hear people say, if you could only prove to me that God exists, then I will believe. Or, if I succeed in this particular venture, then I will know that God exists and I will believe in him. But fortunately, God is not confined to our conditions. Faith is a gift and it is given whether the recipient actually wants it or not. We set our conditions, our requirements, but then God brushes it all aside and we cannot avoid the truth. Thomas found faith through doubt. He was able, despite himself, to make that declaration of faith. Let us hope and pray that our own faith will allow us to doubt and win through to a full realization of that declaration. My Lord and my God. Amen.